This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News Show combined uh, with the Arsenal Preview Show. We're going to do a little bit of both this morning as we look ahead to Arsenal's game against Bournemouth at the Vitality Stadium. Going to be making a move a little bit later on this morning down to the south coast. It's about a three-hour drive from where I am um, to get there. Trains could have been a possibility, but it's just frustrating when you have to kind of get a train up to London and then down. So I was like, yeah, we'll just... We're just going to drive. It's just a lot easier that way. We're still going to be producing plenty of content as well around the game on the Arsenal way. So make sure you're subscribed over there as well as here to get all the content around Arsenal's game today against Bournemouth. Good morning to those joining us in the chat box. Odirile, uh, Arasilki, we've got uh, Olu, we've got Amira, uh, Cam Clothing, we've got Derek, we've got James, we've got Matt G, Shari, Stevie, Temi, uh, we've got A1, Glenn, Vivian, uh, Louis, Kareda, Olawale, uh, Marcus, we've got Stephen, Mr. Ree, Rob, Johnny, Rancid and Martin and plenty more of you guys joining us. Thank you everybody for doing so. Dan says, aren't there train strikes? I, I guess there might be. I, I guess so. Uh, so it could be busy roads. <laughs> Looking forward to that. I feel like I should, I, 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 you're making me panic now. I'm going to do an on-the-fly Google Maps check. Let's see what the roads are like on a Saturday uh without <laughs> with, without there being any tra- any trains at all vitality stadium directions it currently takes two hours 42 minutes it's looking good so far so good hopefully it turns out okay uh, let's get into today's story shall we make sure you drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show first of all arsenal's game against west ham united has been confirmed uh, they'll be taking on uh, the hammers in the london stadium on november 1st which is a wednesday at 7 30 p.m bit of an interesting time uh, for any game 7 30 p.m rather than your 7 45s and 8 um but yes that game will take place between sheffield united which takes place on saturday october 28th and uh, newcastle united so we have a game on wednesday away in uh, East London, and then you have two days of recovery, and then you travel all the way up 
to Newcastle um, on the Saturday to face them at 5.30pm. So not the best uh, for schedules for Arsenal, but that is the hands that we have sadly been dealt. Uh, Charles Sago Jr. Uh, was involved in senior training ahead of the trip to Bournemouth. Of course, we've got this injury situation that has continued to plague the squad for quite some time. He made his debut in midweek against Brentford, so it makes sense that he's involved with first team training just in case there was any issues. However, there has been quite a significant boost to Arsenal's squad because, as we're aware, Saliba, Saka and Declan Rice have all made the trip to Bournemouth, which is obviously really positive news for the Gunners. Uh, none of them had trained prior to yesterday. And Arteta said in his press conference, which we'll talk about in a second, that they had another session uh, on the Friday that was expecting to kind of see whether or not any players would be involved. And it does seem that those three did uh, get involved with training and that they will be available. Whether or not they're starting, whether or not they're involved in any way, shape or form, I guess we're going to have to wait and see. Sadly, no information on Trossard or Martinelli or Partey. Uh, but those three have been touted as potential returnees for the game against Man City next week. So let's keep those fingers crossed that we keep getting more and more good news on that front. I did say we talk about Mikel Arteta's press conference, and indeed we are going to do that. So let's quickly run through some of the highlights of um, that presser. It was obviously asked about the team news, which we've kind of already discussed. Um, and he says about the judgment on Bakaya Saka, he says, the assessment is okay. Is he fit enough to, and good enough to be able to be selected tomorrow? That's the question mark. And so far, he hasn't trained with the team. But obviously, it seems that that question was answered with a yes, if he has, because he has indeed travelled with Arsenal to the uh, to the game. Um, and then uh, the, the, one of the journalists asked the question, on if the keeper that starts will have a surname beginning with R. Yes, that was the question put towards Arteta. Uh, would one of the goalkeepers that starts tomorrow or today have a, a name that begins with the letter R? To which Arteta said, you are a genius. I have my answer for the rest of the season. Thank you so much for your cooperation, <laughs> which is kind of amusing. Um, he talked about the Bournemouth manager, Andoni Iriola. He says, we know each other really well. We played together. We had a fantastic times together and we played in Antigueco, um, which I'm not really familiar with. It's a team in San Sebastian and that has produced a lot of players over the years. They do fantastic work and we are privileged to be raised there, to be educated there. And that's the beauty of football. That's 30, 40 years later, we are together in the Premier League, both as managers. And I'm really happy for him. Uh, he was also asked about still being unbeaten across this season, despite the fact that we've dropped points. He says, for sure, we have to continue to do that. And that's the mindset that we want to bring to every single game without any context. We've had a very different context throughout the season already, and that's going to keep changing. As you can see now, with the amount of situations that we have in the team with uncertainty of players, it's going to be more. Playing every three days, having to win, having to compete in three different competitions in seven days. And that's the challenge. We're up for it. That's for sure, because, of course, Arsenal have that game against Lens uh, in the Champions League on Tuesday. I'm going to be there in France. Very excited about that one and looking forward to exploring driving abroad for the first time. going to be very, very interesting indeed. Um, he was asked if he spoke to the, uh, uh, the Bournemouth manager about the job, and he says, yes, I did. He was really excited to come and was really complimentary about the club and the support that he was getting, the players, the staff. He was so happy to be part of the league now as well. He also didn't confirm whether or not Vieira would be involved. He says, let's see how everybody is today. Obviously, they weren't selected for a reason and we need to assess them. So it seems that Vieira's absence on Wednesday against Brentford was indeed uh, due to a knock rather than him simply being rested, which is 
Again, another frustration. Uh, and then talking about on the, looking ahead to Manchester City and whether all of that information about the team affects um, kind of injuries. He was also asked why the injuries happen. And he said different reasons. Some of them happened in training and some of them had knocks and small muscular niggles. Uh, but the load played a part going to their national teams, coming back from the national teams. The load went through the roof. The demands continued to be really high. And the fact that we had three or four out already meant that they didn't have enough time to recover was asked about whether or not that impacts his thinking ahead of Man City. And he said, it's about now. It's about Bournemouth. And this is the most important game that we have now in the season. You can read the full transcript of that press conference over on the football.london website. Uh, I recommend that you go and do so to keep yourself uh, fully uh, intertwined with what's going on ahead of this game. But to get even more information about this game and look ahead to it, what we're going to do is jump to our preview show. So let's do that with a very special guest right after this. I'm joined by Mike. How are you doing, Mike? You good, you well? I'm very well. I've obviously committed sacrilege. There's an AFL grand final on in Australia at the moment, and so I've left that aside to come and do five things far more important than the real game. <laughs> I really appreciate that, mate. Your dedication is uh, <laughs> is very much appreciated. What is the game? Tell me. Uh, it's the Australian Rules Football Grand Final. So right. everybody goes a bit bonkers about it over here. I did see a clip, I think, uh, I don't know if it was like in one of the, the games leading up to the final of the press box and like the commentators absolutely losing their minds. Um, I can't remember what the game was, but I saw so, something happened in the game and there was like a, a clip of the, the commentators or people in the, around the press box absolutely losing their heads about it. So yeah, um, I know how passionate um, the Aussies can get about Australian rules football. So yeah, very much, uh, very much uh, can correlate with that and empathize with that for sure but you have very kindly jumped on this morning to help me with a, a mini preview if you like and then uh if you'd like to stick around for some of the q a or if you need to jump back off and go and watch the uh no, watch no, the aussie rules good. you can do either you, you've got the choice um but let's let's talk about the game it, obviously we, you weren't really even aware that we'd got some positive news in the night regarding uh the players that are traveled so that must be a massive boost to have those players back is it not Massive, absolutely phenomenal news. Uh, thanks to everybody in the chat box who said hi, by the way. It's really kind. Um, yeah, it's uh, a, look, it's been a constant worry over the last couple of weeks. Every day that seems to pass, we seem to get more news about somebody else going down. Uh, and it's very difficult to uh, to deal with, never mind put a starting 11 out, um, I, I'm guessing. But we're not on our own with this it seems to be the case with many of the big premier league clubs at the moment that, that they seem to be ravaged by injury although i must admit um we've had more than enough now thank you so uh, but yeah great news that they're available at least traveling um mm. whether that means as you've already said they start or not uh, remains to be seen uh, and that i guess is is our test's challenge with games coming thick and fast You've got decisions to make about where priorities may lie with different games, and and it's phenomenally difficult. I don't envy that task at all. Yeah, it's it's challenging. I think for Arteta to be in a situation where you don't know who you're going to be able to pick from going into each game and, and how you prepare leading up for that. You think about the fact that you would have had training all week 
without Saka, without Saliba, without Rice, you've been preparing your team and then they suddenly can train in the final day and you've got to change and tweak things in your mind. You've got to ask the question whether or not you should even start them and risk them with a game against Man City next week as well. Absolutely. And of course, a travel across uh, borders to France to play Lons in the Champions League. There's so many question marks um, that have got to be answered by Arsenal and I suppose a game against Bournemouth, it could be a lot worse. You know, we could be going to way to Newcastle now or Anfield or something like that. And you would probably take that game against Bournemouth, to be honest, with all respect to them. They've not won a game all season yet in the league. So, you know, that's probably one of the teams that you'd like to face if you've got a bit of a depleted squad. But they're still a challenge. They're still going to try and take advantage of the fact that we are without key players. They could be without Dominic Solanke today. He had an injury in midweek as well. So that's a bit of a blow. They're going to doing a late fitness test on him. But players do return, as we've seen today with our own players, quite miraculously. So who knows? He may be ready and fit and raring to go still ready, uh, rather than some of the other players in the squad. Let's jump to our, our teams. Um, tell me if I've got this one right, because let's do a couple of late tweaks to it. Um, yeah. But you can do any late looks... tweaks if you need to. Does it look okay? That looks good. Yep. I'm happy Lovely with stuff. all my happy it, right? can ever be with that. Right. Ramsdale, I think, may start. I, I am not buying into the Arsenal have got a number one goalkeeper yet. Uh, I it, It'll be really interesting to see who he picks against City. Uh, but in the interim, I'm not sure. I think Ramsdale had a, an excellent game on uh, during the week. Uh, his distribution was good. He made a great save, pushing it on at the post. I think he... Uh, and he enjoyed the banter with the crowd, obviously. So I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him play. And, and from a confidence uh, and a and a, it's okay, we value your point of view. I suspect he might play Ramsdale, irrespective of whether one has a slight advantage over the other. I'm just delighted we've got two world class keepers in our squad. I think that's going to serve us well, whichever. So I've gone with Ramsdale for that reason. I've left Saliba in, although if Saliba, if there is a doubt about Saliba, then I wouldn't be at all upset to see Tommy there. I thought, again, he had a good game during the week, uh, has proved himself time and time again to be very versatile across all of that back four. Um, I thought he did very well. And I think that might, that test, it was interesting that he chose to play Tommy in uh, at centre-half rather than white and throw Tommy on the, on the right. Um mm. And I'm wondering whether that was some sort of experiment type of thing to see how that would go to make sure it was okay um, for potentially today. So, so that's why I've done that. Rice, I don't think he'll start. I think if he has travelled, he'll be on the bench. Mm. Um, may come on for the last 20 minutes or so. Uh, and, and so Jorginho, I think, is probably the starter unless unless Declan Rice is, is really, it really was just a very minor uh, knock. Mm. Um, uh, Vieira, it's it's um, again. He's another one you've, you've already referenced. Has had a, a a little knock that kept him out of Brentford. But uh, again, I'm wondering whether that if if you if anybody even had a tweak on or during the week, I think that probably would have been sidelined. So was he on the bench against Brentford, or was he out completely? Vieira, yeah, no, no, he wasn't in the squad at no, all. He, he didn't travel. No. He was being okay, assessed, so, is what we've been right. told. So. Okay. Uh, and I think yeah. Gordegaard to, to, to run the midfield um, is, is the way to go. Now, I've, I've put Havertz up front. Eddie, I've, Eddie feels to me as though he is doing what he did last season. 
he, he came in last season, he did really well for the first few games, and then there just seemed to be a little tail off for whatever reason. Uh, and it just feels like that again. Um, he's, there's no doubt about his work rate. He is the fox-in-the-box type of player. Bond have got two big centre-halves, I think, from memory, uh, and I think Havertz will cause some problems. And if you look at the, the only two games that you can really say, well, look, the, there was a, a, a tangible contribution from Havertz were when he's played in that false nine, I think. I mean, I thought he was exceptional yeah. against Man City in the Community Shield. Um, so I don't know whether... I'm not sure Arteta will go with that, but if we're talking about what I'd like to see, he needs mm. to make a contribution. And, and I think that's the place where he might make one to just lift that lift that confidence level up a little bit. Jesus, Arsenal are always better when he plays down the middle. Um, but I so think in light of where we are now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think in light of where we are now, I think he might start him out there. Um, yeah. I don't think he'll start one of the youngins against uh Bournemouth because that would be the other option and I don't think I don't think he yet has the confidence in Smith Rowe to consider him maybe Smith Rowe on the left and then Nelson on the right would be the other option so and I think Nelson always has, has not let us down over the last season whenever he's he's come on he's 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 put in a shift and looked and looked as dangerous as you would hope someone who was third or fourth choice winger to look so that's the rationale behind what I've what I've done. So it's it's minimum risk in terms of those that are carrying injury, um, but it but it is a real tough one. Yeah, it is really tough. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of disagreements in the chat box with with some of our selections. Uh, I've got a few changes. I've risked some and risked others. I've ironically risked the ones that you didn't. Um, so uh, Saka and Rice, I've got coming into the team, but I've not risked Saliba. Um, for like a, as a comment in the chat box from Rancid says, we should wrap up Saliba in cotton wool and place him in the freezer because we need him desperately for Man City. And, and you're right, you know, I think we should be, uh, if, if there's any concern, you know, rest him. Because I think Tommy Asu was excellent in midweek. I thought mm -hmm. he was really good. And he played that right centre-half role really, really well. So I wouldn't have an issue in, in Tommy Asu starting. Uh, I agree with you, I'd start Ramsdale. I think that, if Arteta is speaking about kind of you've got to pick the goalkeeper based upon the game, one, he knows Bournemouth really well. You know, so he's come against players that he's played against before. He knows them really, really well. Um, and for that reason, and also the fact that he was the better of the two keepers in their respective games that they last played, I think you have to play him over Raya. Um, and, and you know, I'd then throw Raya in against Lons in the midweek and give him an opportunity to to see where he's at. And then if we can then see who's the better of the two keepers ready for Man City, you know, you give them both a, 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 a you know a chance. I think Raya will start still because yeah. I, I can't say I trust everything Arteta says regarding kind of his methodology of goalkeepers because it's been so um, frenetic and difficult to, to, to guess what's going to go on. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one, but I'd go Ramsdale. I agree with you on that one. Um, but the back four stays the same with just Tommy Asu in for, in for Saliba. Into midfield, I have risked Rice, as I said, and I would play Havertz, even though I agree with you that I think Havertz's better contributions are probably going to come in the centre-forward role. I think that it's so important to get Jesus into the centre-forward role that I can't risk taking Havertz out of it. But I would like Havertz to play because I think that we need to try and give him the minutes and play him into form. Um, so Havertz, for me, he's got to come alive at some stage, fingers crossed. I, what I do think is people are expecting... 
you know, I think what people are expecting him to be like, Havertz has arrived. Havertz has, you know, mm-hmm. this is the Havertz we want, is when he scores and when he assists. And the ironic thing is, is that he's playing a role in the team that isn't necessarily designed for goals and assists. It's the, you know, it's the wider role about what he's doing, which does include a lot of defensive work. I would like to see more. I would like to see him get into the box, sure. Sure, I would like him to see him score, get an assist and and contribute more. But I thought he was good, you know, against Brentford. I thought he was good against Palace. I thought he was good um, against Forest. I thought he was good against um, the Man City and the Community Shield as well. And he does things in games that that midfield, that centre midfield role is designed to do. You don't get loads and goals and assists from a left eight, usually, especially in a system where the right eight plays slightly further forward. Um, so if people are expecting goals and assists to start raining from the skies from Havertz, I'd, I'd say, you know, temper your expectations because that's not necessarily the role that he has been brought in to do. But we do need to see better performances from him. We do need to see more you know, dynamism. We need to see more intent, uh, more courage. Um, all of these types of buzzwords I think we can associate with Havertz, but hopefully he has a really, really good game uh, on the South Coast. Odegaard continues because he's... Brilliant. It's as simple as that. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I'd risk Saka because he's really our only right winger. I would have otherwise played maybe Vieira because he's the other left-footed player that can play on the right. He played there against PSV when he came on for Saka. Um, he's the only other real left-footer that we've got that can play in a wide area. I know Havertz potentially could, but I don't really like him playing in wide areas. Um, so I've risked Saka. Jesus stays through the middle, and I think Nelson should be rewarded after his goal in midweek. And I'd play him, which means there's no place for Eddie and Ketia, uh, which I know that some people who really like Eddie will be a little bit, maybe feel that's harsh uh, on him. But I, I just think this is the best team maybe for us to go with. I agree a lot with the selection that you would have, went with as well. You know, if you put Havertz there and you move Jesus to, to cover Saka if you want. I think that Jesus might be better on the right rather than the left that we saw him against Spurs. I think he might be better there. Um, so let's wait and see. Robert says, you are lying. Rare is going to start. This is a desired lineup, Robert. This is not what we think <laughs> is going to be starting. This is what yeah. we would personally like to see. And certainly we're not lying. <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> um, but yes, that, that's our two teams, which means we're going to move to predictions before we go to the chat box Q&A. Um, so Mike, scoreline and scorers, please. This is... Bournemouth don't give away much. They've, I think they've conceded six in six which mm. isn't particularly bad, even though they haven't got a win to their name yet. Um, uh, of course, we can't count Chelsea as, as opposition that might score goals, so that sort of uh, goes against that. Uh, but I'm going to go 2-1, I think, Arsenal. I think... Uh, Solanke, I, I always like as a striker. I think he's a blooming nuisance. I, I, he's He's got a lot of skills that can really upset a defence. If he plays, I, I think Bournemouth. Uh, I think Bournemouth n- might nick a goal, but I think we've probably got enough there to to pop a couple in and manage the game from there. It's about time we started to manage a, a game or two when we were a, a goal or two up. So, uh, in terms of scorers, uh, uh, Jesus and Odegaard. I'd love to see Havertz get one though. I really would. Uh, I know, I know, he, he plays more, uh, more than just a a striker type or a, a progressive midfielder. But I'd love to see him get on the score sheet. Just to, 
Odegaard got two goals yeah. in this fixture last season. Um, he took one off Jesus's foot, if you remember, because it's that one he smashed <laughs> yes. in. Yes, uh, did. Jesus did score, but then it was ruled out for offside. Um, and then William Saliba scored that brilliant left-footed curling effort from just outside the left-hand side of the box. So, yeah, very much so. Um, looking forward to seeing if we can replicate that scoreline. And I'm going to go for that scoreline of 3-0. If, if we have got a chance of keeping a clean sheet, it's usually away from home. Um, we're very good at keeping clean sheets away from home. So I'm going to go 3-0 Arsenal. Uh, Jesus to get a couple and Ben White with that screamer, of course. Of course so, yes, of course. there you go. Uh, let's see what you guys in the chat box are saying. Um, Tammy's going for a freak 3-1 Bournemouth win with a slanky brace. He's not 100% fit, so he might not even be playing. Uh, Engine says 4-0. Uh, we'll merc them if they pl- try to play football. Uh, Unique says 2-1 Havertz and Nelson. Maximir says 2-0 to the Arsenal. One of the defenders, though, will score. Uh, MM says 2-0 with a Jesus break. Uh, brace, sorry. And Vivian says nervy 1-0 to the Arsenal. Havertz scoring and playing up front. Interesting. Indeed. Right, we're going to go to part three uh, and your questions right after this. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, uh, let's jump into the chat box and hope for some uh, good questions to come in. By the way, uh, yesterday, the technician did indeed arrive. I effectively got a brand new laptop from uh, what I was told. Uh, they've changed the laptop. They've changed, sorry, the, the keyboards, the, the motherboard, the screen. Uh, everything's been changed. So hopefully the, the flickering of the camera you may have noticed sometimes when you're watching should stop. And hopefully the microphone issues should stop. So... Uh, let's keep fingers crossed that it was indeed an issue with something that was changed. <laughs> let's just keep the fingers crossed that was indeed the case. That's why Rodegaard is, is back and in full view now. Right, let's jump into the chat box then and take some of these questions. My, me and Mike are going to tackle some of these together. Um, let's go to scroll up. Christopher says, Tom, do you think over the course of the season that Smith Rowe will leave Vieira and Havertz in the dust and cement himself as a first choice left eight? Mike, what do you think? Oh, I might upset people. Um, mm. Right? Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> my thinking on a YesR is, oh, look, I love the guy. He's such a great guy. And, and two seasons ago, he was exceptional. In an Arsenal team from two years ago, which was a very different Arsenal team to the one right now. Mm. And I'm sort of wondering, did he appear to excel because of the state of Arsenal two years ago, perhaps even along with the injury, uh, along with the massive injury that he had, are we actually 
are our expectations higher than they should be for what ESR can contribute to this team as it is here and now rather than where it was two years ago? Does that sort of make sense? Um, it does, yeah. So th that's just something that's niggling in the back. I, as I say, I love the guy. I think I, I'm so hoping that, that all of a sudden it clicks. It seems to. Uh, he's got that confidence level rising. He's got. There's no, there's no doubt about his workload, but it's just, I look at what he contributes defensively. It isn't, it, 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 it's possibly a little bit of a weakness if he's on form and he's on, and and he, and he's and he's rocking. Then then going forward is a great late arrival and he can put the ball in the net. But he hasn't done that. Now part of that, of course, is that he hasn't had the minutes. But I, I'm really sort of, um, really sort of mixed about ESR, and of course. From a business point of view, there's there's should we be should we be cashing in on him and buying somebody who does fit and get used where we are right now and get used absolutely. I mean, is he? It, it, we might as well not have him at this stage, to be honest, for the amount that he's used. But I don't want to I don't want to discard him. I'd rather um, I'd rather not. I'd rather see him get a chance. I'd rather see him uh, see if we can get him back to anywhere near he was, but. So I don't think ESR will leave Vieira and Havertz in the dust, um, but I haven't written him off quite yet. I, I would love to see him given a fair crack. Yeah, no, fair enough. Uh, I think that left eight is not the right role for Smithrow, personally. I don't think that's a position that he will thrive in. I think he, he's better as a further forward attacking midfielder. Where he played against Brentford, I think, is his best position. Um the, the sad thing for him there is that you've got Odegaards, you've got Vieira, you've even got maybe Havertz that that, that can play an advanced attacking midfield role. So I don't see the left eight as, as a role Smith Rowe. I personally see Trossard being a guy that I'd rather play mm. as in Havertz's role than Smith Rowe. If you like, you know, if you've got Martinelli fit, play Martinelli, Jesus, Saka, Odegaard, and Trossard as kind of an attacking five is what I'd like to see with Declan Rice in behind. I think that that is something that Arsenal should absolutely be looking to use in the future. But for me, I don't see Smith-Rowe as a, as, a, as a left eight. I see him as a 10 or as if you want to bring him on in the wide left position. Or sometimes he has come on in the, in the wide right as well. But yeah, I just don't see it. And I, I do sadly see one day Smith-Rowe moving on because there isn't the opportunities here uh, yeah. for him. And that's, that's a shame. But it's the reality. And we can't, you have to be ruthless sometimes. Um, yes, he's come through the Hayland Academy. Yes, he's a really nice lad. Yes, um, it's it's a shame when it doesn't work out for kids like that. But you have to be, if you want to get to the top, if you want to win titles, you've got to have every member of your squad an absolute pivotal part you can rely upon. And I'm not sure that that he fits um, mm. into what Arteta is building. And that's, that's the bottom line at the end of the day. Um, Dickens says Arteta is really poor in managing his players, playing Saka yet struggling. Yet Smith Rowe was on the bench. Do you think that Arteta's one of his weaknesses is his uh, player management? Is that a, a weakness in his his managerial record? Or have we lost Mike? Has Mike disappeared? Or maybe we've lost him. Uh, Mike, if you can still hear me, you've cut out. We'll see if we can get Mike back shortly. Um, it, I mean, to be fair, he is tuning in from halfway around the world. Um, uh, <laughs> half the world away, if you like. Uh, let's uh, let's answer that uh, from my perspective. Then, in terms of uh, in terms of kind of where we're at on uh, Saka and Arteta's management of him, I was very critical 
of um, Arteta in the game against Spurs. Saka should have come off sooner. Uh, is he really poor in managing players? I wouldn't say really poor is an accurate representation of what Arteta is. I think it's an area of development for Mikel Arteta, for sure, his player management and his in-game management. I don't think it's really poor. I just think there are some situations whereby he could be a little bit more proactive in making changes, in resting players. Um, but sadly, there's been situations whereby he's not been given kind of the rope to be able to do that. Uh, I think we've got Mike back. Mike, are you there? Are you with us? I am. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hello. Uh, so <laughs> it's sure all good. It's all good. Just, uh, did you hear black. the question? No, what was the question? Sorry. So the question was, well, Dickens, it's more of a statement that we're discussing. Oh, yeah, Arteta it. is I really poor in managing his players, playing Saka yet struggling, yet Smith Rowe was on the bench. Do you think that Arteta is really poor in managing his players in game management and player management? Uh, I know that was a criticism last season. Um, I think generally this season he's actually been better. Um, mm. I, I actually see that. I thought there was a couple of questionable decisions perhaps in the North London derby, which is unfortunate, of course, of all the games to perhaps have questionable decisions. But I think outside of that, it's actually been better. The, the problem with Saka, of course, is that he is the player. Um, and finding someone who's going to do what Saka can offer is always difficult. And yet we've seen um, he should have come off earlier in the North London derby for me. I think that was that was possibly one of the questionable decisions. But generally speaking, I think to say he's poor is probably a little harsh. I think he, yeah. he's he's there's there's evidence that he's learning and getting better. Um, but I, I'm not sure there's any manager on the planet who who, who doesn't make a mistake from time to time. Mm. Uh, but I, I see improvement, but I, I still think it's a work in progress. Um, yeah, I, I said the same when you were out. I said that I think really poor is a, a really harsh uh, description of it. I think it's an area of development for Arteta. Um, I think it's somewhere where he can improve uh, the types of subs. I think he should have brought off Saka earlier against Spurs. I think he should have brought Nketiah off against Spurs. Um, but, you know, I, I think that it's it's still as a young, inexperienced manager is something that he is going to be learning and, and improving and hopefully that happens. And I wouldn't say necessarily having Smith Rowe on the bench. He's like an obvious candidate um, all, the, all the time because, and I talked about this, you know, having, when I spoke to Smithrow after the game against Brentford, one of the big things that struck me was a lack of confidence in himself. It's a real lack of self-belief, I think, uh, in the player. And even though he's had a good performance and he took a bit of a knock, it's, it's frustrating to see that lack of self-belief. And some people might say, well, maybe if it was playing more, he'd have self-belief. And I get that. But there's also an argument that Arteta sees the guy every day in training he yes. knows what status smith row is he knows what mindsets he's in the better than any of us do because he sees him every single day and so you've got to, to some degree trust that he knows when and when not to use a certain player and if he doesn't feel that smith row is completely ready and up for it in the right mind state for the game then he's not going to use him um and i can't begrudge him with that now do i think he could be giving him more minutes yes i do i think he could give him more minutes from the bench for sure but he has to make a judgment call on certain players and he knows things that we sadly are not privy to. Um, the, the other thing on that, go, Tom, is... Sorry, sorry the, the other thing on that I would say is that we haven't, with the exception of the PSV game, we haven't given ourselves a nice buffer. If you look at mm. every game that we've played this season, it's it's been tight. Uh, we go yeah. three up against Bournemouth and it makes it that much easier to give 
someone yeah, exactly. like Smith Rowe that you're trying to play into into some more minutes, it's that much easier to give him that chance. So I think that's that's part of what um, the juggling act Arteta has to play as well. Um, Absolutely, um, it's it's such a, it's so much the more difficult I think than people consider it's not just names on a sheet that you just switch in and switch out um like we can um you know when we do our previews it's, yeah. there's so much more to it than that yeah. uh nick says uh were you surprised to see no uh amario koja dubri instead of charles sago jr starting midweek i thought he was the next sacker type to fill in that right wing role um not particularly nick uh, the reason why is because charles sago jr has been standing out significantly uh for the youth games in the under 18s initially and now the under 21s. Uh, Amaro Kojadibi has been given chances uh, to play in those friendlies at times where Charles hasn't, and Charles has been standing out more. So that's why he's playing. Uh, Nuaneri wasn't fully fit. That's why he's not gone. Miles Lewis Skelly, it turned out, also not fully fit. That's why he didn't go either. So I wasn't surprised, no, to see it being Sacco Jr. given the chance in the end because he has been the one standing out. Uh, I'll, I'll throw this one to you, Mike, uh, which comes from. Uh, let's scroll up and see if I can find, because uh, there's a lot of Smith Rowe related questions coming in now. Um, yes. Arsenal Adventure says, are our players still not completely embedded into the new tactics of this season? We cried last year because we didn't have a plan B because we played, um, we played the same 11 week after week after week. And mm. we desperately wanted something else. We desperately wanted another approach that we could um that we could use that may help unlock a little block or may help may help us better manage those teams that 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 were that came at us hard so i i don't think there's a set series or, or there is a set method of tactic this year I, I i think it's it's different to last year in that we've got two or three variations in terms of how we can play um clearly that is limited to some degree if we haven't got the personnel available to be able to do that timber being the obvious example uh, and party being the other really um so i think with any we've got new we've got new players who didn't know the systems one of the differences this season to last season as well is that we brought in jesus and and, and zinni both knew how arteta would want to play this year we brought in Rice and Havertz and Timber to agree who who hadn't came across that system before. So I think new players have got to be bedded down a little bit into what we're playing already. Never mind, uh, never mind some new some uh, new ways of playing. Um, so I, I I think any team is gonna is gonna have a challenge with working out different ways to play different teams at different times. So I think I think completely embedded into all the variations, uh, however many, I can't remember, however many you said, uh, however, however many variations that Arteta um, would play game to game uh, and even intra-game um, would always take some time. Uh, I, and quite commonly you hear professional footballers saying, look, it takes six to ten games before I'm fully in tune with the season anyway. Yeah. So I, I don't think there's anything unusual about what's happening now. I, I think it's a, um, I, I just think it's a natural start to the season. Stroke new players, stroke 
um, slightly new ways of playing to to to, to breach different uh, challenges. Absolutely. Does that sort of answer the question? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. And uh, you have to evolve. And I've talked about this before. Like, you have to evolve. You can't stand still because teams aren't going to stand still. Liverpool haven't stood still. You know, they, they have improved. They look very good. Spurs have improved and looked good. You know, you can't yes. do the same thing expecting a different result. The definition of insanity is as is. I know we brought players into the existing system, which should naturally see an improvement. But that system we played last season took us so far. And we need to, in my opinion, we and you touched upon it, you know, we're not blowing teams away at the moment. You know, we're not battering teams. And we didn't do that last season. And I think that the system change, the evolution of the system is designed to, in the end, when it gets familiar to everybody, get us to a point where we are beating teams comfortably, where we are being dominant and creating more chances. For me, it's not about finishing. As I've mentioned, it's about the chance creation frequency. And if we can be more sure. proactive and more cutthroat in the amount of... Um, uh, in the amount of chances we create, then I think that we are going to be scoring plenty more goals just because that's the way that it works. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll end the show uh, with a question from Vegas. It says, Tom, did I hear you say that Nketiah would score as many goals for Brentford as Tony has, minus penalty kicks? And I said, I think that he would score a similar amount. Yeah, I think that a system that is designed to funnel the ball to Tony to score goals alongside Mbwemo as well, supporting him, sees him score a lot of goals, which was 14 last season, just seven the season before that, by the way, without penalties. Uh, and I think that if Nketiah, across two seasons, played in that system with that many games and started that many games, I'd back him to score 21 goals across two seasons in Brentford's team without penalties. Absolutely. I don't think that's that crazy of a... And he's much younger than Tony as well, it's worth pointing out. I don't think that's a crazy... Uh, theory. I can see you nodding, Mike. Don't do it just because I said it. <laughs> Tell me what no. you really think. <laughs> well, no, it's it. I, I, I think we could, like you've said numerous times. I think we can do better than Tony. I, I think that's that's setting our bar too low. Martinelli and Saka have both scored more goals in open play than than Tony has in the last two seasons. It, it yeah. really, um, even from a simple maths point of view, uh, I think we can do better we can do better and i'm not sure that 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 tony's record is one that says um uh one that says we should be signing and whether we're happy to sit on the bench anyway which is essentially what it'll do for most games so uh, I, I think we can do better um, yeah, that, that's the key i thing. don't think he, gets tony, it he doesn't start does he no he doesn't no jesus starts over tony like any day quite comfortably I think, because he just suits what Arteta wants from a centre forward so much more compared to what Tony does. Look, I'm not, and this again, I think people's misconceptions when I talk about Tony is that I'd, either I don't rate him or I don't think he's very good. That's that's the misconception people have. I think I think he's good. I think he's a good striker. Scores plenty of goals. Um, is a different type of player um, to uh, to what is is already at Arsenal. I get that, but I just think that Arsenal should be upgrading on Jesus and then Jesus replaces Enketia um, and Enketia moves on and we then bring a better player that's better than Jesus and I think you have to wait until next summer to assess the options of either a player that can do that straight away or a player that has got a ceiling that you believe and we believe is higher than that of Jesus's so that they will develop be that a, a Sesco or a Jimenez or a Ferguson you know one of these types of players um, if we feel their ceiling is higher than Jesus's, that's the type of player to go and get. If you can't get the Absolutely. elite striker then, buy the player that we think is going to become the elite player. 
instead of a player that we know is in their prime, is at their ceiling like Tony is now. He might improve a little bit being at Arsenal, sure, but I don't think it's a drastic difference. I think the best comparison for that is someone like Trossard. I think Trossard is doing exactly what he did when he was at Brighton. You know, I don't think he's added particularly more goals. He maybe has added a few more assists, but he's not scoring at a faster rate. He's, you know, I think he's been as good because he's in his prime and he's delivered what he's delivered at... uh, uh, at, at Brighton. Uh, final thoughts, Mike, before we wrap up. Anything you'd yeah, like just, to say that you think you should have done just ahead of the on, Just on that, if, if Tony is 80 million, that's probably two-thirds of the way to Usman. Um, mm. So, here's the choice, guys. I mean, if, if you if you have the choice between having uh, having Tony or having Usman, but having to sell uh, having to sell Eddie and Tierney, that would probably that would probably make the maths about right. If we sold Eddie and Tini, we get uh, plus the plus the eighty mil, sixty to eighty mil. We'll save on Tony. That's awesome, man. That's your choice. Uh, mm. And and I've no doubt about who would who would uh, who I would rather have for sure. Yeah, and Vega says Eddie doesn't score for Arsenal. So how would he score for Brentford, who is worse? And I said, well, that's not true because he does score. And actually, his his starts goals per start record is one of the best in the country. When Enketia starts, he gets goals, uh, and it's it is one of the best in the country. So his goal per minute's not great because he comes off the bench quite a lot into games, and those minutes add up, and he doesn't score. And ironically, he did score off the bench this season. Really important goal we got against Fulham. Uh, he scored the first goal of the season against Nottingham Forest, which proved pivotal in a 2-1 win as well. He had a fantastic game against Palace in which he won the penalty, which obviously led to mm. us winning that game. He had a great game against Manchester United despite not scoring assisting. He was fantastic at centre-forward. Um, so it's, you know, I, I often get frustrated when people just say statements that aren't true. To say to say that he doesn't score for us isn't true. He does. He does score goals. He does have good games. And his goal per start ratio is is excellent. So... I do think he would score as many goals as Tony, if not in and around that and very close to that he scored. I, you know, 21 goals from open play, non-penalty goal, 21 non-penalty goals across two seasons. If he starts every game for Brentford as their striker, I would not put past him scoring 10 in a season, you know, yeah. across two seasons. I really, really wouldn't. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Ivan and Ketia says King Cobra Kai. That settles it. <laughs> we'll just combine the two. Um, Mike, thank you for joining us. I really so appreciate welcome. it, especially because obviously you missed the end of the uh, Aussie rules. Uh, it's very much appreciated jumping on. No loss. Tell, tell people they can find you what you're going to be up to, mate. Uh, I'll be in the Discord channel, uh, most certainly on, on, on match days. I'm usually in there saying my piece and whinging about what we should be doing that we're not doing. So uh, (laughs) delighted to see some of you in there. Absolutely. Uh, if you'd like to join us for our preview shows, um, which I know is, uh, I've been saying this in the Discord survey, so I know that changing them to 5pm has, has caused issues in the past, but the reason why they changed from 5pm rather than 8pm was because of the you know, family stuff, like doing shows every every other day at 8pm created a, such a, a disconnect uh, in my evenings with family stuff that I moved it to kind of start when my rotor or my shift finishes at work. So I know that's created a little bit of a difficulty for some people being able to jump on, but if you would like to jump on, you can um, by joining our Discord server, which you can do by becoming a member, uh, either an expert member or a TGT ambassador. Right, I'm going to get going because I've got to shoot down to the south coast and get driving. Hopefully the traffic holds out perfectly fine. We'll have to wait and see. Um, But Mike, thank you once again for joining me this morning. It's very much appreciated. 
Thank you to everyone in the chat box for joining us as well. Do drop a like, subscribe, all that lovely stuff. And uh, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow morning to break down everything from uh, this afternoon's game against Bournemouth. Have a fantastic day. Keep those fingers crossed indeed. Absolutely. And we'll see you again very soon. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.